Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Hello, my name is Ed Clementi, and I'm your host today, and we're fortunate to have Janelle Jagman. She's the director of the Michigan Craft Beverage Council. Welcome, Janelle. Hey, thank you, Ed. Thanks for taking time to do this. I know that uh, you have a, it, I don't know as much about the title of your organization, but I know it had a previous name. Can you give us, first of all, sort of what the organization is and sort of a little history of it too, if you could? Yeah, happy to. Thanks. Uh, so I'm the director of the Michigan Craft Beverage Council, and we are a program within the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development. Um, our our council uh, is comprised of governor-appointed council persons, and they are advisory to the department. So we are a relatively new council. We actually came into existence in the fall of 2018. And prior to this, our program was operating as the Michigan Grape and Wine Industry Council. And it had been that for decades. I mean, I think since the mid-80s. And so uh, at that time, the council really focused its promotional and research efforts around Michigan wineries and the you know grape growing, Michigan grape growing in the state. And so so when the transition happened, of course, we expanded our scope. So now we're also supporting the breweries, the craft distillers. Uh, we've always been doing hard cider, as you know, they're licensed as wineries in the state. Um, but it's been really awesome just expanding the scope of the council, learning more about these different beverage segments. And of course, being in the Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, understanding those agricultural supply chains that feed the development of our industry. Probably back when it started, the only craft beer was Stroh's beer, which was not a craft beer. It was pretty huge back then. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think, I think there was only one up in Frankenmuth at one time. There was a small brewery up there too, but there wasn't many in the state. So that's why probably it was primarily wine. The wine industry was just growing back when they created it too, I think. When they created the Grape and Wine Industry Council, I believe there were only 14 wineries. And so uh, how many, let's get the, the, segue into that what how many are there now well we have we have more than 400 licensees in this state but we know that operating wineries with tasting rooms are about 175 or so with uh, some of those wineries having additional tasting rooms but one of the coolest things about that is we know that i think almost 150 of those businesses are operating with mostly michigan fruit you know, as available. So it's, it's, and that's one of the things that sets Michigan wineries apart from some of our other Northern climate wineries and states surrounding us is that we are able to produce such high quality fruit and use that uh, in our winemaking. So yeah, that's definitely, you know, the Grape and Wine Industry Council did a great job contributing to the growth of that industry and um, I hope hopefully continue to do so. We're going to hit the other crafts in a minute. I just want to finish a little bit about wine. So is Michigan a big wine producing state? I mean, we think it is, but, you know, where California's got like 4,000 vineyards, I think. But uh, is it, are we unique as far as an ecosystem for, because of our Great Lakes that we're more attractive maybe? I don't know. 
Yeah, it, it, definitely. And it's hard to compare yourself to California. You're right. They're just a monster of wine production. But um, Michigan right now, we rank ninth nationally for wine production. And you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head as far as the Great Lakes ecosystem. And so it's really that the Great Lakes that allow us to grow these grapes um, in a climate like ours, you wouldn't necessarily expect to see Chardonnay and Merlot or Cabernet Franc. Um, and of course, Riesling, Riesling, we hang our hat on Riesling. Um, they normally wouldn't grow as well in a Northern climate because we have the Great Lakes. It has this like awesome umbrella effect over the state and it helps to prolong the growing season. Um, it can help to shield the grapes from hard freezes. You know, it, it captures that warm water air uh, into the fall and then also helps to protect the vines in the spring. So it, it really is the Great Lakes that make the difference for us. Well, I'm going to ask you a question later on about agritourism too, which I think will tie into that a little bit and the variety of different fruits and everything we have in the state. Um, let's talk a little bit about the other two, three sectors, right? So let's go with beer. That's probably the biggest most famous one, I think. Our, our uh, Michigan breweries are certainly famous. And, they, you know, we've had a number of pioneer breweries in the state that helped us really get on the map as far as beer production. I believe the Michigan Brewers Guild has been operating since the mid-1990s. And you have those companies like Bells, of course, and Founders that really made a name for themselves. But the thing about the Michigan breweries, and, and one of the reasons that our state has such a strong brewing community is the community. The brewers work collaboratively and have uh, for decades and really do a great job of supporting each other and, and giving each other you know, tips of the trade and, and just support whenever they can. And you might have said this, but how many did you say there were again? We have more than 300 breweries, craft breweries in the state. Wow. Now, and I and I should have mentioned up front that uh, you and I knew each other when I was a liquor control commissioner. We did a few projects together. But uh, speaking of beer, too, you did mention that the big brands, obviously, are probably the most famous in Michigan. You mentioned a couple of them. There's a few, though, that really sort of are nationally known. Are any of our beers like no, like what are some of the bigger beers that are made in Michigan that are even like popularly known in other states or countries? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I believe that Founders, uh, they're in all 50 states right now in di with distribution, as far as I know. And of course, Bells is, you, you can find Bells all over the country, but you've got Shorts expanding their distribution and a number of others that are very well known around the country. Michigan beer is known around the country. Uh, but I also kind of want to flip side on that. And there are a lot of smaller craft breweries around our state that may not have that national distribution, but mean a whole lot to their communities and act as placemaking anchors for different communities around the state. They, they host fundraisers. They support the little league teams. You see art events there. They're really just a part of the fabric and the footprint of, of Michigan's smaller and larger communities. So it's sort of community economic development that they're so integrated in the community that uh, people just because I know it's like the few brew pubs I know, like in my area, everybody knows the owners. Every, they might sponsor the baseball team. So it's pretty similar around the state, I guess, then, right? 
Yeah, I heard a really wonderful quote recently from uh, Ordock Brewing up in the UP, and they said that there is no better way to know the people of an area than to sit down in a local brewery. And uh, and that was part of their origin story was that they loved touring craft breweries and they would go to these different regions when they planned out their tours and they would just sit down and that's how they got to know the locals and how they really got to know the area. So let's break next to distilleries, uh, local. I don't know how many we have in the state. I, I, I don't think it's as large a number as the other ones, but uh, there's quite a few, I know that, but I don't know how many. Yeah, there's definitely a number of craft distillers in our state. Um, the Michigan Craft Distillers Association has at least 35 in their membership alone. And this is definitely a growing segment. And similarly to the, the breweries, you know, a lot of these distilleries are in, um, you know, more urban environments or in towns where they, they also definitely make a difference to their community. But there are also a few that are found out in the rural areas that have quite an impact as well and become destinations. Um, one that comes to mind is Ironfish in Thompsonville. And I don't know if you've been there before, but they've been on the west side, right? The state? Thompsonville, yep. On the northwest side of the lower peninsula. And they bring in more than 100,000 unique visitors every year. And if you've been there, you have to travel quite a ways down a dirt road to get there. So it is not unintentional that people are going. But they, they do a fantastic job. You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. Let's talk a little bit about cider, because that's the one people don't, I mean, I prefer cider myself, but I know... um, it ha- it's been growing, you know, it wasn't that big like five years ago. I think it's bigger now maybe than it was. So what do you know about that? You can tell us. Cider production is definitely on the rise. And we have a number of producers that do exclusively cider. And I'm thinking, you know, you've got your farmhouse over on the west side in Allendale or uh, Uncle John's Cider here north of Lansing, which is awesome. But there are also a number of wineries that move to cider. And I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there were there were a couple of years where we experienced some polar vortexes, which th- those long periods of really, really cold temperatures hindered some of the grape vine growth. And so in order to have a product that they could have ready for consumers, a lot of the wineries did switch over to cider production. And so now we know that we have uh, about 90 producers of hard, hard cider in the state. Oh, wow. I didn't know there was that many. Yeah. 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 So, that, and that, so that would include the wineries that are doing hard cider. And also there are breweries, you know, that may be making hard cider. There's a lot of kind of cross-pollination between some of the craft beverage companies. But uh, then you have just those exclusive hard cider producers, too. And the hard cider in Michigan is known worldwide. And I don't know if I, this came as a surprise to me, but there has been a competition held in Michigan for more than a decade 
an international cider and perry competition that takes place here in Grand Rapids. And Michigan producers go up against producers all over the world and always do extremely well. People all over the world know about Michigan cider and they know about it, you know, because of Michigan apples. We make excellent cider here. Yeah, the first time I ever had cider, I was in England and everyone drank it there probably as much as beer, actually. Yeah. And so I just think for Americans, maybe we used to do it maybe in the colonial days and we got away from it. And now we're coming back, hopefully. Um, the other thing, too, do you have sort of any numbers or like number of employees or tax base? Because you were mentioning a little bit about economic development. But uh, do you have any numbers you could share with us a little bit on how the, how they impact the state economic wise? I think that economic development figures are really important. And it's something that the Craft Beverage Council could definitely put in their view for the future to do a little bit better job of capturing those kind of numbers. But we do know we did an economic impact study in 2017 on the grape and wine industry. Uh, and we we determined that the Michigan wine and cider industries provide $5.4 billion to Michigan's economy. Uh, and that includes $253 million in tourism spending. And it's funny to think that 2017 now seems so long ago. And especially with what the world has gone through in the last year and a half, it would be really interesting to see how our economic development numbers for all the beverage categories have changed and, and grown. It's we, we continue to grow. Well, I would imagine, too, with the coupling of more people traveling domestically, I mean, everything I'm reading about is the UP is very popular around the country. All of a sudden, I have friends up in Munising, and they're seeing a lot of New York license plates, New Jersey plates up there that they never used to see before. So I imagine they're all sampling a lot of these craft beverages, too, as because that is part of the tours. In fact, let's talk about that right now. Um, agritourism. I know you got a cool map, uh, interactive map of where you can do tours for the different segments. Is that correct? My, you might call it something better than what I'm saying it, but I know you're good. We had um, we, when we were the Grape and Wine Industry Council, we did have much more of an interactive map and and more of a base on tourism. We do have an excellent licensee map on our website, michigancraftbeverage.com. And we also feature a number of different maps created for the trail systems, the, you know, the craft beverage trails around the state. But I, I would even go to throw that back to michigan.org. I mean, michigan.org does an excellent job mapping out the different craft beverage uh, tours around the state. But then you also have these like the Lake Michigan Shore Wine Trail in Southwest Michigan or Leelanau Peninsula Wine Trail. If you Google those different trail systems, they're also wonderful about putting together recommendations and showing you right where all the businesses are. Yeah, you've actually, just through your explanations, you've kind of covered most of the state. Is there any other segments maybe you might that we wouldn't traditionally think about, either UP or uh, other parts of the state, like even the Detroit area, urban areas? Uh, I got to tell you, one of my favorites is the Sunrise Side over in the Alpena region in Northeast Lower Peninsula. And it's the Sunrise Side Wine and Hops Trail. And it's just, when you go to these trail systems and you visit these breweries, you go to Austin Brothers Brewery or Stony Acres Winery up there, you pair it with 
the, well, everything that Michigan has to offer, the nature trails, the beach time, you know, this is just what is so magnificent about these craft beverage trails is, is not only going to visit these businesses, but threading out and seeing everything else that's around you. It's a part of the whole package. And, and, and I imagine, too, when you were giving your explanation a little bit to why Michigan has a unique sort of microclimate because of the lakes, that we produce so many other kinds of fruits and other products. But I imagine there's a lot of infusing going on, too, with some of the uh, ciders or with some of the wines or because, I mean, you know, I know we grow apricots. I think we grow peaches. You work at agriculture, you probably know more than I do on this, but is that helpful that we have such a diversity of crops in the state too? Yeah, absolutely. The diversity of our crops is, uh, I believe, second to California right now, Michigan. And yes, all of the those stone fruits that you're talking about, the grapes, we also, are, with hops, I mean, this is still a growing industry in our state, but we're fourth in the country, just outside of the Pacific Northwest. And I'm going to do a little plug for the Craft Beverage Council. We invest heavily in research in helping to make sure that these agriculture beverage segments are able to continue to rely on Michigan agriculture and put that into their product. And when you talk about infusing, I have to throw also another plug over to Long Road Distillers in Grand Rapids. One of my favorite stories is they bring their staff up to Beaver Island to harvest botanicals, uh, including Beaver Island juniper, to make their Michigan gin. It's it's so cool the way that our craft beverage community just reaches out around Michigan to take in that, that local agriculture. You don't have to give names, but can you plug all all four of the industries? Are they all on your board or is it uh, I don't know exactly who's on your board right now, but it's pretty well represented right across the four. Very well represented. So our our council is made up, as I mentioned, of governor appointed members and they they have to fill certain segments. And so uh, we we do have Richard Anderson with Iron Fish Distillery and he's representing the small distillers. Mike Beck with Uncle John Cider Mill. Uh, he represents the cider makers in the state. We have a couple different winemakers in the state. Uh, Larry Bell with Bell's Brewery sits on representing the large brewers. We have a representative of small brewers with Scott Graham. I think you're familiar with Scott and we also have a representative of large distiller and then also a representative for Class C licensees that serve Michigan wine, beer and spirits. So it is very the thing about our council is we have all of these different people. Oh, I'm sorry. And I, for, I, I forgot one. Erin, she's with uh, Meyer and she represents the retail segment. And I was going to bring her up if you didn't. Don't worry. <laughs> this is uh, this is a fantastic council. And so what they do is, you know, they they're representing all of these different interests, these beverage segments or or parts of the industry. And when the council was created, you know, we weren't sure exactly how all of these different diverse interests were going to come together. Uh, But it has been so overwhelmingly positive how these council persons help and support each other. They are all interested in lifting uh, each other up and making Michigan's entire craft beverage industry a success. And so it is, it has been a great experience. Well, just a couple more questions. Um, You mentioned quite a few 
individual future trends, but do you see anything else maybe on the horizon that we can expect, you know, beyond you're saying like the supply chain of Michigan, you know, Michigan made products being put into the components, any other trends you see for uh, your industry there a little bit, that's going to change or affect us? Well, I think that going back to some of your previous experience with the commission, we know that through the pandemic, the commission did a great job of responding to the needs of of this industry. And there are some changes that were implemented that we hope or, you know, may be long term. And that might be the social districts. Uh, We see uh, different distribution opportunities for some of the craft beverage producers. Also, Oh, go ahead. I ask, what about, I've also noticed that when we were on liquor control, the expansion of some of the vineyards for people to sample, like it's uh, walking tours almost, or I don't know what you want to call it. Yes. But. Yep. Permitting the space to allow for sampling. And that has also been very important because through this last year, we have realized just how much people love being outside at these craft beverage businesses. And there are a number of them that are never going to go back to the way they were. They love having reservations for tables, you know, for table service. They love being able to set up outdoor spaces. Uh, Another, you know, going back to the Ironfish, I hate to keep going back to Richard, but um, they, they set up base camp Ironwood with these beautiful tents all around. And they found so much success, even through the middle of winter that they're, they're like, this is what's happening now. (laughs) This is, this is the future of, Michigan craft beverage. So that's definitely a trend we're going to see is that we're going to continue to cater to outdoor seating and sampling. Did, did you also, did they, does your board ever mention to your anecdotally through your members um, out of state people or obviously hopefully Canadian at some point, but they know because I know there's a lot of people come from out of state to Michigan, like I said, for tourism. But I would imagine are you guys somehow tracking that there might be people from out of state that you can find at your places? Yeah, they're definitely out of state guests, and we love that. Again, with Michigan.org, they do a great job of helping to drive that traffic. But certainly, the wineries in Southwest Michigan and the you know, all the craft beverage producers in Southwest Michigan see Chicago traffic all the time. You know. And some from the southern states, but those visitors, you're right, are going up to the UP as well. So we love seeing the tourism and we love introducing Michigan craft beverage to people all over the world. Well, your last question is going to be uh, and you might have a problem, but uh, what do you like best about living in Michigan? Like any specific places or events or just in general because you've have you lived here your whole life i forgot yeah well i've lived here most of my life i grew up in the grand rapids region and i came to michigan state university and ended up for the most part staying in lansing i've done a little bit i've lived in virginia i've lived in oregon briefly but michigan is definitely home for me and you know, I think that my favorite thing about Michigan is just the, the bountiful opportunity everywhere. And I'm talking about not only because I do I do love craft beverages and I love the that they're you know abundant here, but I love the natural resources. The fact that we're close to so much fresh water uh, is just incredible. But the thing that's my my favorite favorite thing about Michigan are the people. 
And in my travels all over, there's just nothing like Michiganders. And there's a grittiness and authenticity and a warm welcome uh, in Michigan. So I, that's my favorite part is just the people that live here. Well, once again, we had Janelle Jagman, director of the Michigan Craft Beverage Council. I want to thank you, Janelle, for taking time. You did an excellent job today. And this hopefully people will be contacting you. Uh, I'm sure you can be found on the Internet pretty easily. But uh, anyway, we appreciate you taking time to do this with us today. Well, thanks, Ed. I really appreciate the opportunity as well. It's nice to be able to talk craft beverage with you today. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.